0: All right, American Jewel has entered the house. Welcome. Welcome. Chris will be joining in any moment. All right chris should be here welcome back welcome back and wow i can't believe how quickly everyone got in here hey listen please like and share this uh this particular episode uh i just going through some of his work uh, kind of rocked my world uh i'll tell you that uh so i just did get off the phone with him and he should be jumping in any second now um let me just pray father god We give this program to you, Father God. We thank you for uh, everyone who has joined us. We thank you for the opportunity of doing uh, these broadcasts and getting this information out. Lord, let your truth ring. And Lord, if anything that is not from you, let it fall off the ears of those who hear it and not uh, be retained. But God, we do want to glorify your name. And we do allow other people to come with different opinions, different research. and uh, Father, in just showing us a, a different reality, Uh, So we give you praise, Father. We thank you for letting us do this. And I thank you for each and every one that you've brought here today. And may you expand our tent and let your word go forward and glorify your name. We thank you, God. Hey, Chris should be here any second. I don't know what is taking him. Uh, Watching all is back. Amen. I should ha- oh, by the way, watching while I'm going to be having a shofar of my own. So I might be including these into the prayers coming up. Uh, so you're not going to be the only one. And yes, mine is direct from Israel as well. But is it the same Israel that Chris is going to talk about today? Um, okay. I, I got to call him again. I'm sorry. He should have been here by now. Uh, just give me two seconds, folks. All right, I'm back, and Chris is coming into the room in a moment. He's going to give you about a five-minute introduction, and uh, this is going to be, uh, well, I don't know what's in his introduction, to be honest, but I know that uh, his research and some of his pictures that he has for this particular episode are crazy good. Now, I will be posting his essays, on. Fortunately, the way Telegram works is it only really allows one picture to go in with all of this information. So, uh, I'm working on a better way of hosting his, uh, essays. Some of them are, you know, literally like 40 pages long. So you have to, uh, you have to be, you know, very, uh, You know, it it can't even email them out, in other words. So there's only so many places it'll host. Listen, I I saw the the call-in. I apologize. We're not taking call-ins at this moment. Uh, Perhaps at the end we might take a call-in or so. Uh, But I'm just waiting for Chris Wilson, a.k.a. the military analyst. And uh, so Chris Wilson is not his actual real name. Uh, He goes under an alias because... Uh, he would be killed with the information that he gives out and the information he researches, and particularly because of his uh, classification uh, that he had for, you know, confidential or classified knowledge when he was in the military. Uh, he has been all around the world. He has sold arms to the Saudi government and to the Jewish government at the same time. Imagine that. The United States playing both sides. But are they... Two sides, because if you remember, we've had Cisco Wheeler on, and uh, and she says, "Oh no, no, actually it was Chris. Uh, Chris was the one who said that actually the Saudis are of descendants of Israel. So how that works?" No, he is, and welcome to Right on Radio, Chris Wilson, also known
1: as the military
0: analyst.
1: Chris, welcome back. Well, thank you, Jeff. Uh, it's always a pleasure. And I have a very great expose to um, a poignant one to share with the audience today. Uh, as mentioned, I prepared a brief uh, uh, note prior to going over the subject that uh, Edinburgh, Scotland was and is the original true city of jerusalem and king solomon's temple all right here's my note um, as a former military officer and senior analyst uh, for a combined 28 years i researched studied and analyzed every conceivable aspect of life from ancient to modern history, civilizations, technologies, past and present, geography, evolution, archaeology, the 18 sectors of our current economies, geopolitics, the 16 types of government, law enforcement, legal judiciary system, finance, banking, investments, the housing market, construction and roots of uh, languages uh, besides world militaries and the multitude of religions and belief systems. I'm truly a realist, not a fatalist. I reached this assessment over 20 years ago that our current global economies were intentionally designed um, and orchestrated to collapse in this artificial debt-based society for an ultimate transition into a new one-world order, which more uh, correctly is called the New Fourth Reich. There exists at least four breakaway civilizations that operate outside of every and all international laws and statutes. Sometimes they work in unison, other times they compete against each other. Their collective and individual purpose is strictly absolute power or control for world domination. I will be departing this country sometime during the spring months. Arrangements are being finalized for every aspect of survival and specific transportation thereof. The destinations are already solidified as there are multiple before the final rendezvous. Throughout my career, Plural, I attained special skill sets necessary, those being required to survive in various terrains and climates. In addition, I was a near-expert level in geography, mapping, and orientation. I will not specify or reveal any details regarding the date of departure, methods of transportation, or final destination thereof. My objective is to ensure that our 5th root race of mankind, collectively known as the Aryan race, will continue to survive beyond this imposed cataclysm. I will merely be the instructor for this venture as I'm well familiar with this uh, cat- a global cataclysm that is in- inevitable. I will merely be um, assisting in this venture as I was well versed in education among other disciplines, initially being a high school teacher and later a graduate education admissions officer for the most prestigious military school in the country and other Uh, as well as a uh, program administrator for six consecutive years in California and Hawaii. Whereas my other military expertise was planning and coordination, operations, execution, and logistics. There are a multitude of former military service members of all branches, uh, USA, USN, USAF, USMC, even USCG, that have equal if not higher caliber sets. Those individuals will need to come forward and address the current situation, as I have expressly stated. Within the military, all races and ethnic backgrounds exist, one that every combat soldier learns to expect or rather depends on their brother-in-arms as a comrade to protect their lives as he does theirs, regardless of color or ethnic background. I will be seeking, based on my background and ethnicity, to secure four Caucasian women between the ages of 20 to 30 years of age to ensure that this element segment of our population will continue onward into the sixth root race of mankind. The successive race has already been identified by psychics, mystics, shamans, oracles, and prophets over countless centuries as originating in the land and region we know today as Brazil for the sixth root race. Please understand I am not a racist or or biased by any means of the imagination. I cannot save everyone, only a select few. Other comparable military members of the other identified ethnic race of Black and Asian, Hispanic and East Indian can easily step forward, address the survival issue, and aid members of their own root offspring. My wife and children will not be accompanying me. They have chosen otherwise, and that is a personal sacrifice. I'm committed to this venture. When the final destination resides, there will be colleagues, known and unknown, of prior military servicemen already, possessing similar and equal uh, or above desired attributes. Selection as companion mates will be completely random and open. This methodology will be the only possible recourse for ensuring mankind's survivability into this unknown future. Those desiring said operatives will wish to be who wish to be eligible must meet the qualifying criteria and be of any of the following derivative countries. Scandinavia of the five Nations of Iceland, Norway, Sweden, Denmark, Finland, Germany, Austria, France, Belgium, Luxembourg, Scotland, Ireland, England, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and South Africa. All women must be healthy and officially medically documented with recent examination uh, and have a non-vision or hearing, breathing, or mobility impaired. Uh, a non-drinker, non-smoker of all assorted hair colors ranging from blonde, brown, black, red, and natural blends. Of assorted eye colors ranging blue, green, brown, hazel, and blends thereof whereas limited tattoos are not encouraged, though acceptable. Being fluent in English as a first or second or third language and willing to embrace a different uh, commonly shared one. Having been raised in Europe, I'm aware most Europeans are trilingual. Jeff, although my lifespan is fading, this guideline and objective is realistic, both practical and conceivable, besides certainly achievable. I'm quite confident that at least a few individuals who wish to extend uh, our third-dimensional life beyond my projected 6 months uh, timeline at present. Those individuals, I expect, will contact you via email expressing their aspirations. We'll work work out the details for this endeavor in in the near future and days to come. Note that this is not a forthright breeding program, rather a calculated means to achieve the ultimate survival of mankind. For the betterment of all, as our creator so designed and intended. That's the end of my explanation. Now we'll go forward into the well,
0: well, hold on, essay hold that I've god, Chris. You just dropped a couple bombs there. <laughs> so I had one comment that was asking if you could just slow down just a little bit uh, in your reading, because it was hard to catch up on uh, for, okay. for some people. Okay. but. Chris, so you're saying that you're going to be disappearing and going into this program for the survival of mankind. Is this like an underground bunker sort of thing? We're not asking for locations, obviously, but uh, what type of protections are you planning on having?
1: What I'm doing is I'm leaving the country. Uh, I'm not going into detail of how this is being done, modes of transportation, but basically I have acquired skill sets through the military and personal there will be others where we're going we'll be heading south that's all you need to know and there will be people that understand that this is not a shock treatment but this is reality of life and i determined this well over 20 years ago as i was decoding and deciphering how our civilization worked and uh how it was intended this goes back to what is known as a collegiate plan which developed by Austrian uh, Zionists uh, that I'll do an essay on later. And this goes back in current form since uh officially in current form since 1921.
0: Wow. Well, that was quite an intro and I'll let this, uh, I'll let it stand and I'm sure we'll be bringing up further details as time presses on. And if uh, people wanted to volunteer or something like that, we'll work out a communication method Uh, for them to get a hold of you, Chris. But uh, listen, I've got to tell you, I'm so stoked about this uh, particular bit of research. And uh, I'll I'll say right up front, this is not the reality I've known. Uh, However, you know, the research is there. I think Chris uh, feels confident he can prove what he's about to share. And uh, and, uh, all I can say is I have an open mind towards all of this information. So, Chris, just before we get going, I just want to get Jesse to jump on here and say hi really quick. That's fine.
2: Hey, everybody.
1: Hi, Jesse. Oh, hi, Jesse. I sent you the uh, um, the same essays that uh, Jeff had. Cisco uh, contacted me uh, last night. So I got your email, which I asked before, that I needed so I can share concurrently to both of you. Go ahead. Wonderful.
0: Well, Chris, uh, listen. Uh, this, this show is about uh, your research. Uh, Jesse and I work very hard to get our uh, shows together on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays, and uh, uh, we're, we're just going to trust you to uh, to go and uh, let's let's get your research out there. So uh, you have the floor,
1: sir. Okay. First off, I've being a senior analyst and uh, researcher among other disciplines. I found this and it goes back to 2016 when I first, when it was first published. But I spend, like you, 12 to 14 hours every day and researching, and getting the knowledge out to the general audience of the world. And in this case, North American, Western Europe. Uh, Brandon Michael Keys uh, is the one, he is Scottish and, um, he may in the future, uh, once he contacts me that, uh, um, we may be able to have, uh, The actual authors to the work that i'm doing and sharing with the public so uh we're going to go forward and basically this goes against everything like as always what we've been taught uh as far as what is uh history i have an excellent video that i found uh that is only uh it's 50 minutes long but it is worth every minute it is by professor alan wilson and he spent 35 years decoding and uh, all of history, and he released a video in 1994. I didn't find it until this past year. And he states outright that all history is based on Great Britain, and Great Britain rewrote history in the 800 AD, as far as that they were all anglo uh derivatives. Derivatives. That is absolutely a falsehood and he proves it and it is just absolutely fascinating. You'll be spellbound by his work. He was interviewed by two other professors, uh, two sisters and he's originally from, uh, Oxford University. Okay. So onward with this. I'm going to prove to the audience that, um, Edinburgh, Scotland is the original home of the Jewish race as well as, later on, that uh, the Romans, Greeks, and Egyptian empires were actually founded between the British and Irish Isles. These are facts, not fiction. All we've been taught in life is fiction, and that's going to change with my work. Okay, going forward, the true model of King Solomon's Temple, created by Dr. John Wesley Kelcher, it was the most accurate model of the Temple of Solomon. This would be the most correct version of the temple itself, and you have the photos of this, uh, both of you, so you can look at it as I'm discussing it. And we go on to, um, and he, uh, the author, uh, Brandon Keyes, states that uh, King Solomon is one of his ancestors. However, they didn't go into detail. Uh, we talk about the Porch of Pillars, in the pictures, which you'll be able to get this published online, and your audience will be able to see the details and how specifically it addresses every aspect that we were taught that Jerusalem and King Solomon's Temple were founded and originally in uh, Palestine, which became Israel. Okay, Uh, north of the Queen's Palace was the most famous porch of pillars. This monument structure was erected in the honor of the princes of Milo, M-I-L-O, and was considered the most beautiful entrance into the citadel of King Solomon. A famous picture portrays a prince from Milo being received at this great portal. Important visitors such as kings, governors, potentates, and others of national and international standing, whom the king delighted to honor, were received at this gate. The portrait pillars consist of 32 pillars, beautifully elaborated resting upon a foundation or platform 100 feet long and 60 feet wide i will go into the details when we go to the photos of how everything directly correlates to what it was replicated in israel today um these are referenced within the bible in uh kings uh 7.6 uh The Porch of Judgment, the next one, is directly to the east. Across an open space was the Great Porch of Judgment. The Bible portrays a monumentous event. Solomon is on his throne. At his right, his lifelong friend Zabad, that's Z-A-B-O-D, and to his left a scribe. Immediately in the front of the scribe is the high priest on the steps as an orator presenting the complaints of the princes to the tribes of Israel. On the right in front of the throne, a prophet of the desert dressed in leopard skin and carrying a shepherd's crook. So important was this meeting that Solomon called out his personal bodyguard and he is being condemned by this prophet as having wandered away from the faith of the true God. He is being condemned by the princes as having squandered money in righteous living, overtaxing the people, causing complaints, and threatening the cessation from the house of Judea. That's reference in Kings 7, uh, colon 10, uh, 18, and 19, and 20 version. Uh The next is the altar of burnt offerings. In the center of the east half of the inner court stood the most indispensable part of the operation of worship. The altar of burning offerings made of brass, 20 cubits in length, 20 in breadth, and 20 cubits in height, which translates into 40 feet long by 40 feet broad and 20 feet high. That's referenced in 2 Chronicles 4, 1. The molten sea is the next. The inner court and the southeast corner stood at the most striking of the creations of Solomon's Phoenician artist Hiram of Tyre, and that's T-Y-R-E. This was the molten sea. It is a large circular tank of bronze, 30 cubits in circumference, 10 cubits in diameter, and 5 cubits in height, which translates into 60 feet around, 60 feet across, and 10 feet high, with a brim thickness of a hand's breadth. These measurements show that Hiram stood the principles of circular form and construction. This is all the background to this. This great sea rested on the backs of twelve bronze bulls, which in a group of three, face four cardinal points. That's referenced in 1 Kings uh, 7, 23 to 27 and 2 Chronicles 4, 2 to uh, 5 verses. The next is the lavers or lavers. There were 10 lavers of brass raised on bases resting upon the wheels. They were used for washing the animals to be sacrificed in the burnt offerings and in the general cleansing of the court after the services. Each one was four cubits long, four cubits wide, and three cubits high, which translates into eight feet by eight feet by six feet. The lavers, bases, and wheels were highly ornamented and symbolically embellished with lions, oxes, cherubs, and palm trees. Five of the laborers stood on the north side of the inner court and five on the south side. That, again, is referenced in Kings 7, uh, colon, 27 through that uh, section uh, 39. Uh, And going on with the actual description, this is uh, so important for the uh, audience to be able to see the pictures that you have, Jeff. The Great Porch. The Great Porch was a monumental structure, 120 cubits high. That equates to 240 feet built over the entrance to the sanctuary. This entrance or vestibule was 20 cubits long and 20 cubits broad. That's 40 feet by 20 feet. Through this porch, the priests were admitted to the sanctuary, referenced in 2 Chronicles 3, 4 and 1 Kings 6, 3. Again, the two pillars of brass, these two great bronze shafts standing in relief form, are important featured in the architecture of the temple, each one was 35 cubits high and 20 cubits in circumference, translated 70 feet high and 24 feet in circumference. They were highly ornamented by a network of brass over- with wreaths of bronze, pomegranates, and each row containing 100. Upon the pillars and the tops of the chapters were pommels, which are great bowls or vessels for oil, over which were hung festoon-wise wreaths of pomegranates interspersed here and there with lily work. They bore the names of Jachin, J-A-C-H-I-N, and Boaz, B-O-A-Z, and were placed in front of the porch leading to the sanctuary. That's referenced in 2 Chronicles 3 colon 15 and 1 Chronicle 1 Kings 7, uh, and then 15 through 22, as well as 2 Chronicles 4 colon 12 dash 13. The treasure room. This room occupied the space across the holy and most holy places, extending the entire length of the house. It was 60 cubits long, 20 cubits wide, and 10 cubits high. Translated 120 feet by 40 feet by 20 feet. Here were stored many things King David had dedicated to the Lord. Here there were also silver and gold vessels and instruments, and all the dedicated things such as gifts from allied kings, princes, potentates, and other important personages. It was also the royal treasury where Solomon deposited from and whence he disturbed, uh, dispersed, rather, all things of value. That's referenced in 1 Kings uh, 6 colon 2. The chambers round about the temple. A series of chambers surrounded the house on three sides, the north, west, and south, all three stories high. The uppermost chamber was five cubits 10 feet broad, the middle one was 6 cubits, which is 12 feet, and the third or lower chamber was 7 cubits, or 14 feet. Across these chambers was by means to a peculiar and secret winding stairway on the south side of the house from the lower into the middle and from uh, there the upper chambers these chambers were all finished in fine wool and overlaid with pure gold affording quiet and secluded spots for secret communication with god and for the preparation and proper clothing of the priests as well as a storage room for the vessels and instruments used daily in the ritual services that's referenced in one kings 6 5, 6 8 and 10 verses The holy place, the holy place or greater house, was a double cube, 40 cubits long, 20 cubits wide, and 20 cubits high, meaning 8 feet long, 40 feet wide, and 40 feet high. And this was sealed with fir trees overlaid with fine gold and settings of palm trees and chains with engraved cherubs on the walls. The entire house was garnished in precious stones for beauty. The entrance to the house was a large double door two leaves on the one door and two leaves on the other of olive wood carved with cherub uh cherubim uh, palm trees and open flowers all overlaid with pure gold the furniture of the holy place consisted of 10 candlesticks of pure gold five on the right side and five on the left together with their lamps and snuffers, and also 10 tables with pure gold five on the right side and five on the left together with bowls basins, spoons and covers to these must be added the golden altar of incense and its censor, the table of sheerbread. Sure That's S-H-E-W-B-R-E-A-D. Shoebread. And with the golden candlesticks of the tabernacle, all harmoniously arranged within the walls, ceilings, and floors of gold, set with the precious stones. That's referenced in 1 Kings, 7 colon 49 and 2 Chronicle, 4 colon 8. The most holy place, the holy of holiest, was a perfect 40-foot cube, 20 cubits broad, 20 cubits long, and 20 cubits high. All these walls round about were with carved with figures of cherubs, uh, palm trees, open flowers, and all overlaid with pure gold. Even the floor was overlaid with gold and was all garnished with precious stones for beauty. The two doors leading to this most holy place were of olive wood, uh, cunningly carved with cherubim, palm trees, open flowers, and overlaid with pure gold. Each door had two leaves which folded. Over this entrance hung the veil of blue, purple, and crimson of the finest fabric, cunningly wrought with cherubim, palm trees, and open flowers. This beautiful tapestry defined the entrance to the oracle. The only piece of furniture in the most holiest place was the sacred ark of the covenant of the Lord, containing the testimony. This was the place within the oracle's Shadowed by the wings of two gigantic cherubim of olive wood overlaid with pure gold. And then, uh, they can see the pictures of all this and plus, uh, the Tanaka, which is the, uh, Hebrew English uh, version of, the, their Bible. The Tanaka, um, uh, also it's, uh, known as the Tanaka, which is T-E-N-A-K-H or Tanakh, T-E-N-A-K, and Tanakh, which is T-A-N-A-C-H or Mikra, M-I-K-R-A, is the canon of the Hebrew Bible. The traditional Hebrew text is known as the Masoretic text. Tonic is an acronym for the first Hebrew letter of each of the Masoretic texts, uh, has three additional subdivisions. Uh, The first is Torah, which means teaching, also known as the five books of Moses. Uh, Nevin, which is N E V I apostrophe I M, which represents the prophets, and Ketavin, which is Ketuvin, which is K E T U V I N, which is translates to the writing, which hence means Tanaka, which is taking the the letters. Okay, the name Mikra uh, means that which is read is another Hebrew word for the Tanaka. The book of the Tanakh uh, were passed on. By each generation, and according to rabbinic tradition, were accompanied by an oral tradition called the Oral Books of the Tanakh. Complete sets of scrolls, con, uh, cons, rather, excuse me, cons, constituting the entire Tanakh. The Tanakh consisted of 24 books. It counts as one book each: Samuel's Kings, Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, which is N E H E M I A, and uh, Counts for uh, Trey Azar, which is T-R-E-I-A-S-A-R, which are the uh, 12 prophets uh, as a single book. Then it uh, discusses, uh, I can go on about this, but I think they already know it and they can be able to see it because it's basically, then it goes into actual uh, Hebrew names. And I never studied Hebrew, but I can recognize it as as far as the type of language. But the most important thing is to go over the actual physical points that... I recognized as far as being where um, uh, that Jerusalem was actually Edinburgh. And so looking at the maps, both of you, and then uh, the audience will be able to see it very soon when you get it posted, is that Southern Scotland is the real location for the region known as Mesopotamia, that this is where the real locations for the ancient kingdoms of Canaan, Assyria, Israel, Babylon, and Ur, you are. Uh, are located and at all the borders and boundaries of southern scotland this is where the true bible locations for these ancient kingdoms are located at uh here is the map of the 12 tribes of israel all inside the borders and boundaries of scotland judea uh this map shows here the section and division all laid out in different regions of scotland and the hyperborean hebrews or known as the atlantean israelite tribes are Reuben, Simon, uh, Levi, Jude, Judah, Dan, Naphtali, uh, Gad, Asher, Gad, J-A-D, Asher, uh, Ishtar, I-S-S-A-C-H-A-R, uh, Zebulun, Z-E-B-U-L-U-N, Joseph, and Benjamin. And they're all laid out in the Scottish landscapes with the mountains of Scotland and the valleys of Scotland as well. All of these 12 tribes uh, of Israel we're all located in Scotland, right inside the Scottish territories, the mountains and valleys themselves, uh, where they speak of the, the 12 tribes of Reuben, Simon, Levi, Judah, uh, Dan, uh Gad, Asher, uh, Ishar, and Zebulun, Joseph, and Benjamin. I've been trying to tell people that the real city of Jerusalem and the Hebrew Israelite kingdom was and is located truly in Scotland originally and still is. Edinburgh, Scotland is the real prehistoric, ancient, biblical city of Jerusalem. The entire story of the Bible does not originate from the Middle East. It originates from the ancient prehistoric Scotland. Even the true Israelites, Scottish Millicents, which are M-I-L-E-S-I-A-N-S, are not from the Middle East. They are all part of the western tribes of Aryans, who splintered off in their own groups and tribes, but they also originate from the kingdom of Thule, which was Atlantis, which I knew. Both King David and his son, King Solomon, were red-haired. red hair is mentioned that is a description of David and his family, that they were all fair-haired and fair-skinned. That was even uh, most of the description of the rest of the ancient Hebrew and Israelites themselves. The city that is so-called the Middle East is not the real city of Jerusalem. That city is not the real holy city and nor the uh, sacred city of ancient biblical Israel. It is Jerusalem was in Scotland. The city is not the true and holy name uh, and sacred city of the Hebrew scriptures. This is none other than the fake fabricated uh, city of uh, created by Rome and the Roman Empire itself as an embodiment of lies and deceits over the entire eyes of the entire world. Looking at the pictures, uh, uh Jeff and Jesse you can see he's uh showing where uh Judah and all the uh, Moab uh where Mesopotamia was uh you can see uh the uh, sea of the original sea of Galilee uh Canaan and it goes on And
0: and I will be putting uh, this map up on Telegram right after the show so everyone can see what you're re- referencing.
1: Okay and Please put up all the maps so they can see this. I'm going to get to that in a moment of uh, as far as the actual photographs from aerial photographs, which show precisely how it actually correlates exactly to what it should be. Uh, that, and Edinburgh is comprised of two names. Eden is the ancient name, E-D-I-N, one of them, for Eden, E-D-E-N. The, okay. And then you also have what is the second half, the second word is berg, B-O-R-G. That's Germanic, and it means, translates into uh, city or town. So what you have is the city of Eden, And the answer has been in plain sight, hiding among all the documents, but open to the public. Okay, going forward. Uh, Edinburgh, Scotland is a relocation of the holy and sacred biblical city of Jerusalem. Does that city is in the Middle East, was not part of the ancient Hebrew uh, slash Israelite kingdom of Israel. It is a a known secret fact, a suppressed fact, that the ancient biblical Edinburgh, Scotland, is where the true lands of the Bible is located, as Southern Scotland is where the real ancient biblical, i.e. ancient Hebrew, Israelite kingdom of Israel, was situated at. The city in the Middle East is not true, Lusum. It is all fake. A Roman fabrication of and a total copy of Edinburgh, Scotland, where the real holy and sacred city of Jerusalem is actually located at. Scotland, Ireland, and England are the ancient biblical history of the British Isles where the true story of the Bible took place. Scotland is the land of Canaan, Israel, and Mesopotamia. It is the real real location of the true kingdom of Israel. Edinburgh is... Uh, the real city, which I mentioned, and where the land of Canaan is located. Uh, the author is good, his research is excellent, but he is a little uh, uh, redundant as far as uh, repetition. Okay, uh, then he planned on taking a trip, uh, Brandon Michael Keyes, in Scotland to 2017, and it will prove that Arthur's seat, what we know as King Arthur, is a Mount of Olives and Edinburgh Castle. And its moat is the real temple mount of the Holyrood, and that's Holyrood, H-O-L-Y-R-O-D, palace, is where the house in the palace of King Solomon once stood. Uh, he is a firm believer that of the earthen mounds that are dotted around Ireland and Scotland happen to be real tombs of biblical patriarchs and biblical uh, matriarchs of the, in the Bible. That is correct. They're doing research now, uh, Uh, public that uh, excavations are taking place in both Ireland, Scotland, well all three, Ireland, Scotland and four Wales and uh, mainland uh, Britain and they are discovering that those earthen mounds which we believed were just natural formations they are actually burial pyramids or burial sites and the reason being so large is that they were holy sites and they were uh, respected and honored so Going forward, um, I, I did get an update, and I won't have enough time today to do that update, but we will cover that in the next episode. Um, uh, what he also mentioned is that uh, the ancient prophets of Israel, uh, to the all the ancient kings of Israel, they are okay. entombed in those great burial mounds in and around Ireland and Scotland, which I just mentioned. Uh, the stone has recently been returned back to Scotland. Okay, that is known as a stone of destiny. And uh, Scotland is currently without a ruling king and or monarch right now. That stone itself is still waiting for the next to be crowned upon it. Okay, um, after the deluge, um, the ruling tribes of the Aryans returned. These people were historically known as the people of the cat, and the lion is rampant of uh, being their symbol. The popular flag of Caledonia, Scotland and also of the king of Norway, also ancient ancient countries, and part of the Atlantean Thule um, race. Edinburgh having a a very sphinx-like hill, later it was called Arthur's Seat, which looks just like a lion crouched, and was also known as the City of the Lion, uh, which is the patron saint of Edinburgh, is David. It is pointed out that these authors uh, that the biblical references to Jerusalem refer to a fertile land full of mines, minerals, crops, with a seaport called Jaffa, J-O-P-P-A. That exactly fits the location of Edinburgh, not the Jerusalem in Palestine, which is, has a very distant port called Jaffa, which is J-A-F-F-A, rather than Jopa, Jo-O-P-P-A. is a, that is over time, that is a, uh, replica, It was replicated, but it's not spelled the same. And this is only to cover this false history of that Jerusalem and the Israelite peoples originated in the Middle East. That is all BS. Okay. Uh, Let me see. Oh, that um, this portrayal exactly fits the location of Edinburgh, not uh, the Jerusalem and Palestine, which is a very different port, as mentioned. And given the history that history always favors a victor, not the defeated, then something sure must have gone wrong to make us think that all things we know today about Jerusalem itself. But the records show that Rome built a boundary chain around Jerusalem 80 miles. Indeed, there exists a chain of forts called the Catrail, which is C-A-T-R-A-I-L, that is almost exactly 80 miles. The people of the Cat or the Gande, which is G-A-D-E-N-I, or the Gad, which is JD, were the ruling tribes of Jews. And the entire fertile area of Edinburgh and the Lothians, L-O-T-H-I-A-N-S, was populated by some one million people then. A place was biblically recorded to be a hub of civilization. Today, all the Roman signports have been defaced and deleted for some terrible, something terribly happened in Edinburgh. I know of one thing, uh, Jeff, is that uh, I haven't covered this before, uh, that is called, uh, King Arthur's Comet. In five sixty five fifty 550 to 560 AD, a gigantic comet came in and it went right across from north to south, from, uh, northeast to south, uh, west, south, northeast to southwest across, uh, Great Britain, Scotland, Great Britain, and Ireland. And it literally Devastated the enti- it was so intense, it devastated. I have a, an essay on this with photographs and you'll be able to see exactly what it did. And at that point, there was, uh, uh, th- the ones that did survive, it probably took out 80-85% of the populations. And the ones that did survive, they emigrated to, uh, the, uh, mainland Europe and some went, uh, to North America. I'll get into that at a later date. Okay, so. That is a fact. It did exist. And um, a place that was biblically uh, recorded to be the hub of civilization. Uh, uh, this was during a time of a serious instability in the Roman Empire. And the, basically the Jews of the tribe of Gad, which were uh, the Salarians, which is S-I-L-U-R-I-N-S, revolted. And the retribution from Rome was terrible. There was a massacre of some 80 to 100,000 people by the Roman legions, and the emperor ordered that not a stone remain standing and that uh, salt be placed upon the earth. When you get these pictures posted, uh, Jeff, uh, you will see from the uh, actual photographs, you'll see Arthur's seat is the real Mount of Olives, and Edinburgh, Scotland, is the true city of Jerusalem, whereas Edinburgh Castle is the real Temple Mount itself. And then you, on the other photograph, the public will see that Arthur's Seat is the real Mount of Olives, and the Royal Palace of the Kingdom of Solomon below it. That um, the Edinburgh Castle is the real Temple Mount itself. So uh, that covers uh, the, most of the pictures, except for the last one, which is an aerial view from, uh, I believe, it's a helicopter, uh, where it shows King Solomon's house of the and uh, of the forest of the cedars which is known as Hollywood Palace, and that's H O L R H O L Y R O O D Palace. Uh, and then it's basically showing where Lebanon existed. But when we get into part two, they're going to see that all of the surrounding ancient cultures slash civilizations existed between the Irish and the Scottish and the British Isles itself, every one of them. Okay, going on, you have... Uh, is that which I've read, and I have some of, I have three quarters of uh, uh, one of his books, Commons Beaumont, book tale, tale that the map of Edinburgh slash Jerusalem as it was then. The citadel being Edinburgh Castle on the impregnable rock of three pre, uh, precipitous sides more aptly conforms to biblical descriptions than our current understanding of the citadel in Jerusalem today in Palestine. The Dung Castle, D-U-N-G, Dung Gate, rather, corresponds with the Cow Gate in Edinburgh. The Temple Mound on the way to God, Edinburgh's Royal Mile, which we'll get into a later date. It's very complicated. It's it's mathematically technical. At the Temple Mound, there stands St. Giles Cathedral and a commemorative heart in the cobbles outside, which signify the heart of the Lothians. And that's L-O-T-H-I-N-S. Opposite St. Giles on the Temple Mount, the Law Courts. One of the oldest Masonic lodges also stands near the Royal Mile, whilst the Mount of Olives was Arthur's seat. Golgotha, which is G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A, was Gogar, G-O-G-A-R, and the Holyrood Palace was a palace of cedars. And Jopha, J-O-P-P-A, has always been a port in Edinburgh. The broad estuary upon the Edinburgh stands, the city of Lyon, of the Gad, of the sovereign tribes of the Jews. It is called the Firth of Forth, and that's F-I-R-T-H, and then O-F, and then F-O-R-T-H. Translates as the Way of Ways. And this crossing of a broad estuary of uh, Jerusalem is noted in the Bible, with Pontius Pilate stating just north, or staying, rather, just north of the Roman fort chain, which fenced the area in like some ancient ghetto comprised of one of the richest and most powerful hubs of civilization in the ancient world, with its lead, silver mines, fertile lands, and rich people. Scottish Jerusalem was a powerful place. It is recorded that King David, on the run from Solomon, consulted a seer of Gad. Edinburgh has many names, uh, and it's... I'll spell them because most people would not be familiar. K-A-E-R, care, Eden, which you know, E d n, Dun, D-U-N, Gad, G-A-D, <coughs> and the other one is I'm not familiar with, which is G-I-U-D-I hyphen A-I-L hyphen G-U-A-R-T-H, which would be Gudi Isle Garth, or Gwerth. Of the Jews of Gad, uh, Chonia, which is C-H-A-O-N-I-A, and the place of, which translates into the place of chaos. In thirteen, in 134 AD, the Jews claimed a new Messiah, which was Bar, B-A-R, Kochabah, C-O-C-H-E-B-A, son of the star, and the chief rabbi anointed him king of the Jews. A coin was minted, showing him with a crown, and on the reverse side was a thistle, the symbol of Scotland. And that goes on about the coin. So basically... Uh, the second half of the temple, but not the revision, was showing the pictures that uh, where Moses went up and received the laws from which uh, uh, I never took Hebrew or ancient uh, languages. But it's E-H-Y-E-H Asher, which I can pronounce, and E-H-Y-E-H, which would be Oya Asher Oya, the mountains of Ya Oya, and that is in northern Scotland. Uh, rather, in Scotland Central. And then the picture will also show uh, the Mount Shibiot Hills, which was the Sinai. Uh, beyond the boundary forts near the palace, uh, the rather the Pilate family, P-I-L-A-T-E, resides that place which is known as Epidamus, which is E-P-I-D-A-M-N-U-S, which translates into Beyond the Damned. The tribe of Ilnia, which is I-L-L-Y-N-A, Uh, The Silurians, S-I-L-U-R-I-A-N-S, were brutally assaulted by the Romans in the ancient acts of genocide. Now, I mentioned about the genocide earlier. And the city of Edinburgh today remembers those ancient constructions by its very old uh, underground workings, not the brickwork of the latter city fathers. Today, Edinburgh is still known for its seven hills, the ancient lineage of the Aryans and giants the Earl of Orcus, which is O-R-C-U-S, or Orkney today, descendant of Thule and Atlantis, which is keeper of the bloodline and is what is known as Roslyn Chapel. It may have been that the Templars brought vast treasure here to rebuild the Temple of Jerusalem and the city of Gad. And it may also be that the prophecy of Brann and Seer, which is B-R-A-H-N-S-E-E-R, as Rome was, comma, London is, and Edinburgh shall be, uh, is part of the future destiny of mankind. In popular press, the Roslyn Chapel is a repository of all the world's ancient artifacts. It held the Spear of Destiny, the Cup of Destiny, uh, the Holy Grail, Excalibur, ancient scrolls, and vast treasure. That treasure I've already traced went over to North America. But in reality, the truth is far stranger than fiction. My recent activities, this is him, in Edinburgh, Scotland, has brought me a lot of attention. However, the MI5 department, MI5 in Great Britain, translates into our United States FBI, whereas MI6 in Great Britain translates into the CIA, one being domestic and one being uh, global. Uh, department of Parapsychology, special branch, all seems to be keeping tabs on me and my group as we continue to remit this information about shape-shifting reptoids and the true historic and global significance of Edinburgh, Scotland. The Draco bloodlines and the MI5 all seem to uh, go together. Edinburgh was a holy city at the time of Atlantis, and the remains uh, have been carefully enshrined in Masonic uh, secrets and buildings in and around Edinburgh. It is most likely that the original dispute that sparked the war amongst the Shining Ones Uh, known as the ELS, ELS, happened in Edinburgh, for that part of Scotland was once part of the Thule of Atlantis, when Atlantis expanded southward into the British Isles and into, uh, the Northern Irish Isles. The author, Common Beaumont, described the real significance in his 1946 book, uh, Britain is a Key to World History, the rights to which are now owned by the CIA. All copies have been removed in 1947 and are uh, an international esoteric temple called the star temple guess why what is on the cards is probably that scotland will again revert to being an ancient priest kingdom and edinburgh will again revert to being a holy city in this new world order concept the prophecies of the brayer seer as rome was london is and edinburgh shall be and that of what nostradamus of the political frost that existed between the Windsor dynasties and Scotland, the United States and UK, agreement that the King of Terror um, and that's uh, in stanza 66 to 68 also predict the return of the elves, the angels of God, which by the way many, many people are seeing in and around Scotland. NASA is filming them. The great perils of great, the pearls of great price and the shining angels of stars being of the magi. These stars or angels are interdimensional beings and witnesses and abductees alike that note that they have appeared in Edinburgh and elsewhere in Scotland, uh, several times and also very up and close. The witness say that the angels of God returned to pass judgment on the earth and its various human and non-human races. Also, uh, let me give you an example uh breaking from uh script uh is that in dialogue that um david uh do you know i'm sorry jeff do you know uh what or jesse do you know what the hebrew translation of the the word nasa is either of you
0: i do not know that one
1: all right in hebrew it translates into deceive or deceit thereof so that gives you an idea who's running the world okay
0: so just, just before because we now continue, it. so uh, uh, obviously this is this is uh, shaking some foundations. And uh, as I Absolutely. as I've always given in my preludes in our conversations before, Chris, I'm not going to uh, turn any of these conversations into a debate with you. Uh, for instance, uh, you know, because Jesse and I have a platform where we speak our truths uh, quite mm-hmm. often. And, uh, I don't want to turn this into a bait, debate, but it, I, I will say a lot of the facts are very, very compelling. The seven hills and things like that. So I, I would just have one question for you. And then, and there, there's a couple people who want to, uh, to call in if you don't mind. Uh, and I'll, I'll invite Jesse to make a comment as well. But in your mind, uh, Chris, with, Why would they pull off such a deception?
1: Was it about hiding the Ark of the Covenant? It's a combination. It's a multitude. Basically, from my analysis and research, that I know that the Romans attacked, which were mainland uh, uh, Great Britain, attacked the Scottish. And what I may or may not have mentioned before is that Scotland is the home of the, the original home of the Israelite slash, uh, Hebrew race. Okay. And so I am of Scottish and British descent. Both parents. I have one, one of Scottish on my father's side, father and, uh, British on my, uh, father's mother's side and just the reverse on my mother's side. Uh, the father was, uh, British and, uh, her father was British and, and her, her mother was, uh, Scottish. And one of them is what is known as the royal bloodlines, but I've never traced it. And that is Russell. R-U-S-S-E-L-L. Anyway, going forward with the, the answer is that the Romans in British history, which has always been falsified, stated that they attacked Scotland twice. Okay. Uh, we know them, uh, in ancient times, they go anywhere back to the Picts and basically, um, they lost twice, and you have two walls. You have the Hadrian Wall and a second wall, and they divided what is known as basically Scotland and Great Britain. And uh, my point is that they actually, by in Irish uh, ancient history, they recorded the true history, and that is uh, recorded by uh, one of the, I consider the top leading alternative historian in the world today. Uh, his name is... Um, Michael Sarian and the T the is silent. He's originally Irish, but lives in Seattle, Washington, and he tours and lectures, uh, nationwide. And I've read massive amounts of his work and it's absolutely in, in, uh, incomparable. But, uh, he stated that, uh, the British history would, he, growing up in Ireland, he did massive research into ancient historical tomes, uh, in cathedrals, monasteries, uh, uh, churches, uh libraries private collections and he found the truth of life and the point being is that the irish history stated that the romans actually attacked three times and then decided since they couldn't defeat the scottish which were the original as mentioned uh israelites and hebrews they moved their uh kingdoms into the mediterranean and that uh when i mentioned professor alan wilson I'll send you his uh, um, his 50 minute video. Will convince anyone in this world that all of history has been completely written and controlled by Great Britain, with yeah, unquestionably. You send me that video and uh, I will post it. I, I give you my points. I will I hope, it. send I hope, it right after the show and I'll post it. I, you, I will do that. I hope that you can actually play it, like on a Saturday or something, when there's just we can just put it out to the public, let them know that they're going to be able to watch it without having to download it. Okay. Whatever. Okay, we'll do. So I think that uh, it's, a, it's a multitude. They, they could not defeat the Scottish, number one. Uh, secondly, uh, rather than rather than trying to constantly lose thousands and thousands of troops uh, in the process, that basically it was just easier to relocate and rewrite history because history is always written by the victor and never the defeated they have controlled history and this goes all the way back uh all history today is founded upon uh, great britain and prior to that uh it's founded on uh the uh, roman and then the greek i have studied them in both all all the and egyptian extensively and this is a matter of fact it's unquestionable so it was a way of being able to uh still uh retain a kingdom and be able to In our, in their society, which has progressed into ours, we are in this debt-based society. We are founded upon what is known as a precious metal society and a precious gem, and that everything is for sale and for resale. And this is what has been entrenched and ingrained into the public's mind for. Countless centuries, even millennia. So that. I
0: certainly so agree that... on the debt-based society and the fraud that's been pulled on us. That's that is one thing that we definitely agree on. Uh, and just before I bring in our caller, uh, just but uh, just uh, because Jesse, we've been talking about uh, uh, King Arthur and the stone quite a bit. Did you see any parallels between these uh, between this information and uh, and what we've been bringing out? <laughs>
2: Yes, absolutely. There's quite a bit there. Um, So it does support um, some of the information that we've been starting to bring forward um, and fits right along with, we'll say, the uh, Masonic history teachings that we've been bringing to light. So um, this plays into their end time agenda and roles.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, uh, keep watching for that name, Arthur. (laughs) That's, uh, I think it might be important in the future. But Chris, hey, let's, let's bring in a caller. Are you okay with that, Chris?
1: Absolutely. You're always, uh, I just wanted to let you know that I will send you two files. I, now that I have Jesse's personal email, I will send to both of you concurrently and I will send you one, uh, they're done by Rosette Delacroix. She's American, but she has a French name. She lives in Honolulu, Hawaii. And I missed her when I was stationed in Hawaii for two years. But the point being is she wrote two essays with photos and videos. I will send that, and you'll learn about both of uh, King Arthur's Comet and uh, about uh, uh, King Arthur himself. Well, really int- and you'll find
2: really
1: that. King Arthur was a direct descendant of Christ. I know. And, and a, I
2: did want to bring in one other um fact in there too that um in F- Scotland uh that's where the Masonic Lodge uh, 0 is located there in Edinburgh so
1: Yes, I'm aware. Yeah. That's
0: a good All point. All right, let's bring in just CEF. Do you have a question for the military analyst?
2: Hey Don Chris, uh, my name is Corey, by the way. You, know, you have to call me just C. Um Basically, I was just curious. I joined the conversation like literally right before I came up on the panel, so I may have missed some things. But I was wondering basically, you said that the Romans came into Scotland and they were unsuccessful three times, right? Whatever you had said?
1: Yes, the Romans were actually. History has been completely rewritten, Corey. And the Romans were in. There's two factors that the public doesn't know. The Romans were in Great Britain uh, before 500 BC. Uh, okay? uh and secondly that they actually originally existed there but as far as written history it's been completely eradicated the actual truth of it so um yes i i will
2: second part of my question was if if they were unsuccessful why did the scottish people choose to leave their home
1: that part i haven't researched but i believe that uh as all the other races the egyptian race originated well, all of these came from Atlantis. That's number one, and that collapsed 14,000 years ago, and that was in uh, north of the, the, the main primary hub. Atlantis was a, a four-dimensional, uh, five-ringed uh, city on the southern portion of their continent, which was called Appalachia, which has nothing to do with our eastern mountain chain. Uh, and I will get uh, Michael Saracen's essay that I, I've uh, transcribed and I will have that posted. I will give that to Jeff and he will be able to post it and you can read his work. Okay? So, uh, why did they move? I believe there was an entire transition. One, the Roman, uh, army, the Roman Empire rather, was actually, uh, what states in history books, they state 30 BC to 600 D is an absolute falsehood. They're, they were either 762 BC or 782 BC until 40, 44 AD, which then you had, uh, the, um, Mirovian, uh, bloodline, which later became the Carolinian bloodline, which later became the uh, Kabatian, uh, the line of Cabot, uh, which went all the way to, uh, uh, 1814. Anyway, um, all this will be available through Jeff, and the Romans were the leading there, in ancient times, Corey, there was either two types of of cultures. One was either invaders, or the other one were traders. And right, uh, basically, the Phoenicians are the um, a off and they are also directly uh, from the Atlantean Empire. And what they they later became. Uh, in Phoenicia, which is in Levant, which covered the Eastern Mediterranean, which is now known as the uh, the uh, tip of uh, Syria to Lebanon to Israel, and what the Phoenicians later uh, became what is called the Black Venetians, and that had nothing to do with ethnic. It was they called themselves the uh, the Black Venetians, uh, which was based on how, how evil they were. They set up their uh, headquarters in uh, Venice and into. Uh, um, uh genoa in 1200 a.d but all this goes back and it's a direct correlation it's phonetics Phoenician venetian okay and from there they lent money to all the establishing the central banking system uh, the initial one in what we know today and they lent money to all the kings and queens all the royalty of the uh, western european uh, eastern european and soviet states in the uh, 1200s and then what happened is in the 1400s what they did was they <laughs> they gave all the royalty knowing that they were being set up because with their extravagant spending and opulent lifestyles uh, the venetians knew they could never repay the loan and this became they were known as uh, the original family of rothschild was gelp g-u-e-l-p-h and they were in genuine venice in the uh, early 1200s but the point is, is that they set them up and gave an ultimatum they said to the royalty either you repay the loan with interest which is usury or you lose everything you lose your crown your title your kingdom your castles your land your servants uh your treasury everything both tangible and tangible and this is what they did or the other option was you marry you know into uh our bloodline that you'll you marry one of our sons and daughters this was the Zionist portion of the, uh, uh, the, the Rothschild dynasty, which later became, uh, in uh, Germany, became what is known as Bauer, B-A-U-E-R, and that became uh, what is known as this, this uh, demonic evil sect, which is the uh, uh, Rota shield. In German, that translates into red shield. They would hang it outside in Frankfurt, and for all these of this warped ideology, they would converge and how to plan and take over the, uh, uh, the essentially all of Europe. And they did this through finance. They realized exactly what Henry Kissinger did to this country was, he was one of them, okay, was that by, uh, he said a very cryptic statement in 1974, control the money supply, you control the nations. And then it, it became even worse. Control the food supply, you control the population, depopulation. This is exactly what they have been doing in current form since the 1200 AD. I hope that answers your question.
2: Oh, it's a, it, well, to be perfectly honest, it really actually doesn't, as far as the then leaving their homeland. Because for me, especially, you know, being located where Scotland is, and then you know, if you win a battle, it's it's it just doesn't seem likely to me that you're going to leave your homeland. But other than that, I you know I agree with everything that you're saying. Like I know, and it's been a really well executed plan. It's actually kind of impressive, really.
1: Okay. Well. I haven't researched that aspect, why the the Hebrews relocated, but I do know why the Egyptians, because the Egyptians essentially went from Ireland to Egypt. That was the primary colony of Atlantis, okay, of, of after 14,000 years. And what they've been doing, Corey, is for the past 14,000 years, they've been trying to rebuild their lost technology. They lost everything. When Atlantis collapsed... Which was a as mentioned a fourth dimensional city on the southern uh, coastline of appalachia that uh, was uh, above the thirty degree latitude, everything of their technology they collapsed due to uh, uh basically uh, the the uh, evil priesthood class uh, used crystalline technology and they basically destroyed it destroyed it and in doing so, all of their technology uh, was under uh everything from uh massive amounts of rubble to to volcanic eruptions and it's all buried beneath the sea so that's what they've been doing for the past 14,000 years rebuilding their technology t- until today now they're-
0: okay hey thanks for the call Corey, man i really appreciate you joining us on uh right on radio today of course. and uh just so you know Chris we've got another person here Cat for trump says i've read a lot about atlantis and this is accurate so you definitely have some supporters in here. So oh. we thank.
2: You. By the way, by the way, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> let's, go. So you, let's go, Brandon. See
0: you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Corey. Okay, continue on. Okay, so um, just, just before I make an announcement on where they can find some stuff, because I've been brainstorming as we've been doing this, Chris, and I think I've got some solutions for us here so uh but the first thing is and and I hope you guys will just bear with me for thirty seconds. look, we've been talking okay. a lot about the cabal, we've been talking about things we want to cut off their funds or at least make a dent in their funds. If you want to make a statement, if you want to stop giving your money to the cabal, and yes, even stores like Walmart and Target and stuff like that fit into the cabal. they are getting tied with them, all the big corporations are. If you want to buy American, North American, Canadian, uh, even Mexico, uh, we welcome you. Uh, You can buy better products, non-caustic, always good for your health, for your family, uh, really well done. Same price, direct shopping uh, from North America. I invite you to go to our website, mylibertystand.com. That's MyLibertyStand.com because it's time you take a stand for liberty. And the way you do that is go to MyLibertyStand.com. One of your fellow uh, right on radio listeners will contact you. So put a good cell number in there because their first point of contact is you're going to get a text from them. They're going to say, hey, my name is, and, and then they'll set up an appointment with you. We'll take you for a virtual tour. It's like a concierge service to introduce you to the store. There's no obligation. It's not high it's not salesy at all. These are just regular people who listen to the show like you and I who are jumping in and helping support Jesse and I in this uh, because we are fighting the cabal with our dollars. So uh, please do go to mylibertystand.com. Uh, hey, listen, so what I've been thinking about as we're going through this is So, one of the pro, there's a couple issues with posting these essays. First of all, they're very large. There's a lot of pictures. There's a lot of things. So, uh, where Telegram is where we normally host all this intel and we post it, the files are way too big for Telegram. Uh, So, for me to break up all the files and rewrite them and reorder them and put in uh, individual pictures, that literally could take all day. And I don't have a day. To do that. So as we're uh, doing this, I, I'm going to tell you right away, I'm going to post all of the text and just one or two of the main pictures will be on Telegram. It'll be on there within 30 minutes of closing this off. Telegram right on radio main channel. It will be there. But what I would like to do is be able to put all of Chris's work and all of his essays into one centralized bank that you can find it. And I think the answer is, and I've just been brainstorming here as we're going, but uh Jesse and I host a platform. We have an online uh university. Well we call it a university. It's com. And uh right now we have Chris's bug out bag survival guide uh there and it's free by the way so go on to go to rightonyou.com uh, and you can click on, you'll have to put in your email, but, uh, you'll be able to get, it's like a 48 page document. And, uh, it's very, very complete. It's very thorough, a little bit scary, but, uh, he puts in even stuff like how to make energy, how to do a homemade generator. It's absolutely fascinating. And so what I think is, you know, I'm going to put a lot of thought into it before next week when we do our show. Uh, but what I'm thinking is, is I'm going to create a hosting spot for all of Chris's stuff on Right On You. So that way you'll be able to go there. And because Chris has about 7,000 of these essays and we're never going to be able to get them all on air, what I'll do is I'll start to add extra ones in uh, for you Intel junkies uh, that just can't get enough. Believe me, you won't be able to keep up with Chris's uh, 25 years of work. So, uh, But for now, we're going to put it uh, this one on to telegram with some of the main pictures and then we're going to go from there we're going to have a plan and all the uh the three other episodes we've done uh if we go when we go on to write on you they will be posted immediately for you to see so i think that's the best way to go about it uh jesse do you think that's
2: a good idea i do absolutely let's do it
0: Oh, sure, because I'm the one who has to program the site. <laughs> it's a little bit of work, but look, it's worth it to do it, and we want to serve you, the good right on radio listener. Uh, we really do value your time, and uh, and we value Chris as well, and Chris's research and him coming on and doing these presentations for us. Look, uh, we have differences in opinions here or there, but at the end of the day, uh, getting more information and, and putting some puzzle pieces in because uh, I'm sure there's some misinformation everywhere and uh, and so when we start to get these puzzle pieces and if this is the Great Awakening, we need those puzzle pieces in to form a clear vision. So, Chris, I thank you. Uh, any final words, Chris?
1: Uh, I'll be uh, just uh, on the next episode, I will be including the second part, the revision by uh, Brandon Michael Keyes, and that will show in greater depth when you can post it online how all the ancient civilizations originally were originally from the British and Irish Isles. And uh, as far as what Corey mentioned, I think it's a combination of several factors, why they, they, the, the, the Hebrews actually moved. I think it's a combination of everything from plague to famine to drought to uh, um, uh, when you had the uh, the great comet, which you'll get, and I think you'll read that, uh, uh, where that hit in 550-560 uh, A.D. and devastated the entire Irish and, and British Isles. Uh, so it was, I think what had happened is a portion relocated due to those factors, and then originally, then they uh, because of the Romans rewriting history that which started in the uh, first century A.D. Of what we know because time is not a dimension it's strictly a man-made construct for control and, and uh, uh, deception and subjugation but I think that um, that will also answer part of his question I don't have all the answers we can only go with what we can find and I go very deep in research but that should that should uh, hopefully uh, give enough of an answer to his question uh, as far as why why did the the Hebrew or Israelites relocate
0: Chris, uh, you are a, a greater collection of knowledge inside of your brain than, than an encyclopedia set. It's a, I, I'm constantly fascinated by your ability to pull up information and uh, and draw it to, uh, to quick retention and, and even be able to explain it, Chris. We thank you so much for that.
1: My pleasure. It's best that the public be aware Of the truth I will send you my introduction I didn't mean to read it too fast but I I realized I only have an hour and I wanted to try to cover the points of what I will be doing as far as leaving but this will also uh, also include to uh, uh, several white males as well all
0: right well thank you very much and uh, everyone the replay of this if you joined in a little bit late will be available almost immediately like literally within about five minutes uh, you'll probably have to skip ahead about two or three minutes before we got, actually get started, uh, but it's worth listening to this and hearing that introduction, which was, uh, well, a little bit uh, earth-shaking for us who, who heard it, and uh, and I, I think uh, it's worthwhile to listen to. So listen, we thank you for joining us. Uh, we love you. We pray for you all the time, and uh, please share these shows and get, get the information out there, and thank you for those likes just now. Uh, look, it, it's, uh, we do value you. We, we, we're fighting for this world and we, we, you know, Jesse, Chris, and I all feel that same way. Uh, we're, we're fighting and we're fighting, you know, uh, on behalf of the kingdom and, uh, we want as many people to enter it as possible. So thank you once again for being here with us. You've been listening to right on radio with Jeff, Jesse, and our special guest, Chris Wilson, AKA the military analyst, Remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor, and make a difference in your community.